You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to episode number 45 of Living the Dream with Rory O'Malley. If you like the podcast, subscribe, rate, review. Audition, side job, swimming upstream. Believe it or not, you're living the dream. Hello, dreamers. Rory O'Malley here, your host of Living the Dream. Thank you so much for listening, tuning in, downloading. What do you call it? I don't know. But thank you for doing it. <laughs> um... This is a wonderful episode with my very good friend, Edie Patterson. Edie is currently on Vice Principals on HBO, a very funny show, and she is hysterical. She's one of the funniest people I know, and we met doing a TV show on FX called Partners with Kelsey Grammer and Martin Lawrence. I was playing the the sassy gay assistant to the those two guys, and she was like the detective, I think. <laughs> Um, it wasn't very clear. They were doing a lot of, uh, of, of exp- exploration with her character. And as you'll hear, we talk about, they literally changed the entire, entire character after we filmed 10 episodes and that we reshot it and she came up with a whole new character. Um, she's amazing. She's remarkable. And she came from the groundlings. She is an incredible improviser and uh, she comes from that world, and I just am so impressed with so many of the things that she's done, but I've seen her do an entire one-woman show improvised, and we talk about it because it is it was incredible. It is just amazing to me that somebody can get a few suggestions and then do an entire one-woman show as a character that uh, uh, someone from the audience has suggested. Um She's remarkable. She also happens to be one of the nicest people ever, and I really loved getting to hear her story more. She's a comedic genius, and I'm really glad I got to have this conversation with her. I hope you enjoy it. All right, we started. We're recording. Great. Edie. Great. Welcome to Living the Dream. Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> we, just, we just had lunch for the last... I mean, we, we when we get together, we can talk. We and it's been a while. We haven't been able to. We haven't been able to really relax into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we leaned in pretty we hard. Had in. some bone broth. Yeah. Oh, the bone broth. You brought me to a restaurant that had bone broth, which I've never mm-hmm. tried. I've been scared to do it, which I don't know why, because I'm like a I'm a carnivore. Yeah. But I told you I was convinced that it would taste like fish or be really fishy and i don't know why like I mean, they were just I guess, using fish bones i guess you could have like 
salmon bone broth or something. Yeah. I've only ever had it chicken bone broth. One time in New York, I walked to some place and I had um, beef bone broth, but chicken was tastier. This was this was chicken that we had. Mm-hmm. It was really good. It was really good, and it's really healthy for you. I feel like a hipster. They say that it uh, repairs all your muscles and makes your nails and hair grow. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm going to go file my nails. They're going to be on fire tonight. <laughs> what if you got real long witchy nails tomorrow? <laughs> that that could happen. Uh, I could use uh, that as the king. Some, that would be awesome. Some, I'll paint them. You start bringing out like a washboard that you can just clack up and down. <laughs> um, okay, so... We met each other working on a TV show called Partners with Kelsey Grammer and Martin Lawrence. That's right. It was 10 episodes on FX, and it was crazy because we did 10 episodes in like six weeks. Mm -hmm. It was the last of the 1090s. Right. 1090, Mm -hmm. which is a very specific thing that was started by... Tyler Perry, I think. Oh, yeah, maybe so. I think the first one they ever had was the one that they had that went the longest was that Charlie Sheen thing. Right. But and yeah, maybe... T- which I think- Michael Arden was on, uh, mm-hmm. who's, a, who's a Broadway actor and mm-hmm. now director. Um, but yeah, they had had some success with it, so they were trying it again, where you do 10 episodes, you air them, and if enough people watch it, and if the ratings are high enough, then it automatically orders 90 more episodes. <laughs> Well, yeah, which it's like crazy to even it's say so it out crazy. loud. Like, how is that ever a thing? I don't know. I mean, I think that like maybe it, it you have to know a little bit about the business to know how crazy that is, but probably not. Like that sounds like a lot to my mom, who doesn't know anything about. I mean, ninety, ninety more. So okay, so say you think of like that network model where. Oh, giant full season is like, what, 22? Yeah. Even with that, how many seasons is that? I mean, that's at least five seasons of a show, right? Yes. Just after six weeks of work. (laughs) Right, of going, you know what? Let's get in here for five or six years. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And and, and the way that they are able to do that is because they do it so quickly. They save money. It's like, you know, you basically show a network that you can put together this TV show extremely fast and efficiently mm-hmm. and it's worth it so that it will go into syndication right and then you'll have 100 episodes that you can have exist for all time mm-hmm. so it was fun i mean we had really we had, fun we had a blast totally um it just felt like being on a playground and i'm so glad that we had each other we had a lot of great mm-hmm. people in the cast but we you and i definitely from the jump honestly the jump. like from day one. I seriously remember being at that table read. We we had to go um, to way out in Santa Clarita. Right. By the Six Flags. By the Six Flags. Yeah. And uh, I remember at that very first table read, I was like, hmm, who's my friend here? Because <laughs> you, you start to have that like first day of school, like, yeah. who, where am I? What is this? Yeah. And I just like, was like, Tried to Terminator yeah, scan yeah, the room, yeah, yeah. and I went, that guy. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Oh my god! No, that's exactly how it was for me because I, I feel like I forced you to be my friend. No, no, no. There was no forcing. I knew you were hysterical, and I was like, this is my, this is the person who's going to make me laugh throughout this, no matter what. Because mm. it was you moving so fast, 
It was crazy. I found crazy. out that I got the job just like two days before. Oh my God, that's right. Was, it was over Christmas. I was at home in Cleveland and I got the call and they were like, oh, you have to be in LA for the table read in 48 hours. I had no clothes. Right. So you had, had to go nothing. buy a whole wardrobe of clothes. Yes. I went to a J. Crew in Cleveland yep. with my husband and we went on a <laughs> shopping spree and he was so pissed. Because he was like, I can't believe you get to have a shopping spree. You don't deserve this. Uh, I should have a shopping uh, spree. Gerald! Yeah. But I didn't have, I had nothing to bring to LA. I was right. supposed to go back to New York. So I got there and, you know, there's Kelsey Grammer and Martin Lawrence, two legends of TV. It was really mm-hmm. overwhelming. And you were my buddy. Just yeah. instantly. Instant. And we were like, what is this? We have to, like... Yes. Create something in six weeks. Totally. of TV. And then we had that thing where, like, after we finished them, remember, I was a Russian chick. Oh, oh I remember. <laughs> and then we... We shot, we shot ten episodes where you were a Russian character. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then redid all of it all with of it. me as a sassy American. Yes. Which was <laughs> literally... I didn't know this was possible. Me neither. It felt like we were in a science fiction I was just glad movie. to not be fired. Yeah. Oh, no. You were... You are... You were the funniest thing in it. Come and on. you were... Oh, come on. You are a, a comic genius. You are Stop so Stop it. I'm not... I can't. I'm the, This is the truth. And everyone knows it. But I think they were like, um, Russians aren't in right now. You know, cut to where where we are in the world today. Like I always think about that. Oh I'm like, my god! Like everyone is probably trying to write in Russian characters at this point since the election. Probably that they're like infiltrating. You know, yeah. Everything. But like they were just a little nervous about having a Russian character or something. So or like, it was like they tested it and people were like, "What is that accent? Who's this bitch?" Right, but but <laughs> not- I, I would imagine it was more like that. People going. Mm-mm, I don't like her. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the, the, I, I mean, I understand what you're saying. Like, maybe it is from testing, but it, it could not have been. You were so funny doing oh that. Oh my god! It was thank you hysterical, and your accent was amazing. But also, maybe they weren't ready for it. Maybe, maybe, maybe whatever test audience they had was just like not about it and wanted something a little easier. Maybe to digest because. You were operating on a lot of different levels. <laughs> what was the name? I forget the name. V. Um, v- it wasn't like Velma. And Verushka. Verushka. Yeah. Right? And then, yep. And then it turned into Veronica. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. What, that's what happened. I think I still got to do it because of um, Bob Boyette and Robert Horn. Mm-hmm. I, my gut is that even though people were like, Whoever played that Russian, get her out of here. <laughs> that probably those guys were like, no, 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 w- she can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but like, I, I like, feel like they had to talk some people into some stuff. Okay. Well, they sh- they shouldn't have had to talk to people into it too much because you were <laughs> the comedy. You were so, so funny. And I just had the best time working with you. I remember from on my part when we had to do those reshoots and we were working on scenes again i had gotten my hair cut do you remember the oh controversy? yes i mean it was like it was like six months later and i totally had, i had you know i have short hair mm-hmm. so any kind of difference can be a lot and mm-hmm. i had gotten my hair cut for the summer or whatever mm-hmm. and it was like i was every day going to work just trying to make my hair look longer and it did not work <laughs> 
<laughs> like, I was like yanking on yes, it on the I drive. Really, I was blowing it out, like trying to make it just higher, which just made me look oh like an insane God. person. I forgot about that. It's funny the things that you stress out about. Totally. Well, remember one of the girls had shaved her head. Yes. And they had to like make a wig that looked like her old hair. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, how could we know? I mean, how could we know not to shave her head? Yes. yes. Um, yeah, we didn't know that we were going to come back to shoot like that, Mm -mm. but it was very stressful every day. I was like trying to like match the shots from six months before with my hair. And like some people were like, what are you talking about? You're crazy. And then there were some people were like, why would you cut your hair ever? I was like, I'm sorry. I'm a person. (laughs) Um, so we had, we had that great experience though, but it was so it was so intense and yeah. so fast. It was hardcore. I am so grateful that I I got to have you there with oh me. Oh, my God. Because Same. anytime we were, like, thrown off, we had each other mm-hmm. to go to each other's trailers and be like... Yeah. R- Rory crazy. would hear this on his trailer. Ding, 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 yeah. ding. Um, can I... You mind if I eat my lunch in here with you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had a lot of a lot of meetings. A lot of meetings in the trailer. Um, but... I And it's... I And... Bob Boyette, who produced it, and Robert Horn, they they created it and, and produced it. They were both so good to us. So and, great. And I just had lunch with Robert, and he said, I'm so glad that you got to do that so that you could meet Edie. I love that. I that, know. That, like, makes and, me cry. And I know that for, for, for me, it was like, I'm so glad that he could see mm-hmm. how close we became and, mm-hmm. you know, that... Um, it's one of those things where we're both going to be so busy forever, but we'll always have that. And so that we can always reconnect because of it. Totally. But I am so glad that you're doing this podcast because I am obsessed with who you are in this business. And I, of course, talked to a lot of people in, in the Broadway world, mm-hmm. but I'm so glad that I'm here in Los Angeles now doing the show because I get to talk to other kind of live performers, mm-hmm. who, especially out here in Los Angeles, who have forged their own path and done things with comedy that I'm obsessed with that I think I think you're a magician with Baby. what you do as an improviser <laughs> you uh you're a groundling mm-hmm. and I I want to get to how we got there but I've seen you how you got there from Texas where you grew up uh-huh. but you I've seen you perform a one-woman show that you improvised, <laughs> an improvised one-woman show. And I, when I say that it's one of the most glorious, uh, impressive things I have ever seen, I just, <laughs> I could not put into words to other people what it was that you took a few suggestions and then for an hour put an entire one-woman show on. I mean, that thing is crazy. That thing is... Is it kind of like a groundling's dare? You know, like, um, I know some of you have done it. I can't. I do feel like it's something that I should have, like, some sort of, um, a medal. like, necklace with a medal on. Yeah. For, like, yeah. It was an um, Olympic feat, for sure. Because it's, it's so weird. I've done it. Well, I just spit all over your phone. Oh, that's all um, right. Uh, I'm collecting DNA after every interview. Oh, good. I've done it three times now, or four. I've maybe done it four times now. And I'm shocked every time. It's a little less, but I'm shocked every time at, like, the flat-out terror that I will feel at some point beforehand. When I start, thank goodness it all goes away. Yeah. Because then you're just in it. But beforehand, I always have a thought of, why did I agree to this? Now I've got to, like, work so hard to get my head right and forget, just 
forget that there's any stakes on it and right. like try to get to a free like fuck it headspace. Yeah. Um and then it's always a blast and then I want to do it again and then and then the terror comes back around. <laughs> yeah, you have to kind of trick yourself into forgetting that terror. That happens with a lot of stuff. Totally. But I I can't imagine being up on a stage and say improvise for an hour by yourself because improv imp- improvising especially at the groundlings where you came from is a team sport. Totally. I mean, you guys are athletes going back and forth with with the things that you throw at each other and you catch the ball and you throw it back with a different... Well, and like, um, because it's two, say it's two people or three people or whatever, because it's two brains making an energy together, what happens, neither one of them could have done on their own. Right. So, yeah, I remember that occurred to me the first time I did it. I was in the gas show before I did it. Uh-huh. And I was watching a scene in the gas show and it was, I was laughing the gas show so is hard. The, is the, the eight o'clock improvised show on Thursday nights. Cooking with gas. Yeah. That I do um, every Thursday. But I was watching that and laughing so hard. And then like ice water ran through my veins. And I was like, oh no, that's, that's the magic of improv. Is like right. two people making something that didn't exist. What am I about to do? Why? Yeah. It's anti. But the weird thing is, maybe I told you this, your um, your brain splinters off in yeah. an ideal world in that improvised one-person show. And I didn't know this would happen. But you you do start to feel like you're with other people. Right. And you start to count on those, in quotes, other people oh like you would in an improv scene. Mm-hmm. And you just have to like keep keep taking chances like you would with another person. And expect that they know answers that you don't. I know that doesn't make any sense. That's like so brilliant and uh, certifiably insane. It's, it's insane. I mean, it is like because, right next door to multiple personality yeah, disorder. Yeah. yeah. It's totally crazy. Um, How do you keep... And, and we're going to go back, but I really had to talk to you about this because we yeah. haven't talked about it. And I love I talking about this because I think it's so... if you When you start to break it down, it's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. How do you remember everything? I think sometimes when I've been improvising with people, it's like they help me remember what we had just said mm-hmm. or like what the scene is or where you are. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you make fun of each other because you forgot or mm-hmm. you like said something that's not in the world that you've created. How do you compartmentalize all that information? After an hour, you've come up with this whole story and you tied it up in a beautiful bow and you oh like... Oh my God, thanks. Um, I, you remember a lot of it. Part of that is like um, tools that we try to hammer with um, with my other group in pro theater of like yeah. re- repeating names once they're out and right. like just... Um, hopefully if you repeat a name a couple of times it's in there and you've got like a visual with it that one though i i had to in the first i can't remember which one you saw um do you remember anything about it yeah well she she was a she was a former actress who was on law and order or no or uh, ncis it was margo margo marg helgenberger Helgenberger. that was the first one i'd ever done really and that's when i learned this thing that I'm about to tell you is the, um, there were things I didn't remember when I was doing that one. Yeah. And in a panic at one point, I had come into a dorm and as another character, I didn't know. (laughs) It was, it's so dumb because the audience builds you, um, different sets on stage. There are two doors on the groundling stage, but for some reason I had 
like space work improvised another door. Right. Why? I have no idea. Right. But when I was leaving as another character, I didn't know where the handle was uh-huh. and I didn't know which way the door opened in or out. And so I realized I didn't know that. And so I just asked the other person in right. quotes, like, where's the handle on this door? <gasps> and then I just realized like, oh, that guy will know. And because then I knew no matter what I said as that guy, that was right. 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 So then he was able to answer, and then I was able to let it go. And you are that guy. Yeah, I'm that. Like, I, I think that, I want yeah. to be clarifying totally. for people listening. That I'm every character. When she's saying she's going to ask that guy because he'll know. <laughs> she's talking about herself. Yeah, I'm talking about myself. Yeah. I'm literally about to ask him <laughs> and then jump over to where he's standing and answer myself. Right. And then go out. But i that's when I sort of realized, like, oh, if I don't remember something or don't know something... Just ask someone else, which is also me. Right. But it was cool to know, like, oh, yeah, just keep jumping off the cliff. Well, and because if it's, it's, if somebody says it on stage, mm-hmm. it's true. Right. Like, yes, you can yes and mm-hmm. with yourself is basically totally. what you're saying. That's the, that's the basic rule of improv. Mm-hmm. Yes and. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I had to get that out of my system to yes. talk about that a little bit because it was so impressive. It was <laughs> amazing. Um. You grew up in Texas. That's right. Texas City, Texas. Texas City, Texas. Mm-hmm. How did you start getting into performing? Um, well, we didn't have like stuff to do performance-wise until high school. Really? But there was a thing in... Well, let me backtrack it even more. Sure. I always did, always did stuff like for my mom and dad mm-hmm. and my sister. Um, and I didn't know what it was I was doing, but I knew that I liked making them laugh. So I'd come home and do Mrs. Stelly, who was weirdly in Texas City, Texas. I had an English first grade teacher who was like so cool with an English accent and was like, I don't even know exactly what this religion is, but she was like Christian scientist. And like, she was just super exotic and interesting. And so I'd come home and do her for them. Uh I would copy her accent and they would die laughing. And I'm like, huh. That feels pretty great. Yeah. So I would do her and then I would do other people and um it was I got I got really into like I liked watching people and then pretending to be them and uh not to backtrack it too much in a dark way, but my uh my dad's dad was really ill for a long time and they had um while my mom and dad and my uncles and stuff were at work, there were these caregivers who would come during the day and they and then we would go from after school until like 10 o'clock at night but those women um would live there like in the next room and they were always like i mean a lot really (laughs) yeah like they were there was nothing about their personalities that were like yeah she's okay i mean it was just like coming in hot even if they were like super shy they felt like serial killer shy like wow so anyway i got so much material from them and would like to do them for my parents <laughs> oh my god so you just had you had a lot of material to pull from yeah but i was really shy um yeah. at school and stuff and then like seventh grade there was a thing called class day and um 
me and some other girls wrote this dating game parody. It was like a big variety show type yeah. thing where you could do whatever. And the, there was one girl who was the girl who's going to go on a date. And the three of us were going to be like the guys she was going to go on a date with. Yeah. So we were all in drag. One was a football player. One was like a businessman. Yeah. And I was the nerd and had like so typical like tape on the glasses, pocket protector. Like yeah. my dad's shirt tucked into some pants and... um Anyway, like I said, we had written it and then we were performing it. And um, I noticed that like everything I was saying and doing was like super landing. Really? And that was the first time like through my body I felt that drug of like, yeah. holy shit, this, this could be my good. job. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, and then I love in that high land- school. And you know, like you don't know what landing is, quote unquote, but you know what it feels like. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. a funny thing. Totally. When you're a kid. Yeah, it just it, yeah, it just feels like um like truth or like flying. Yeah. And you go, "Oh my god." It's like a power, superpower yeah. when you're a kid and totally. You know, to us now, too. Mhm. Yeah, and you go like, "Oh my god, that's that's my thing." Yeah. Yeah. Um but that's the first time I realized, "Oh right, I could be that for my job." Cuz I don't think I knew before then that it was a job. Really? Um yeah, I knew that I liked that stuff and wanted it, but I didn't realize, I don't know why, and not until seventh grade did I go, oh, right, I could do that. Right. Um, and then in high school, I did plays and stuff. You did? You Did mm-hmm. Did you do all the shows in your high school, or you did mm-hmm. community theater as well? Um, just all the shows in my high school, and yeah. then majored in, um, did like BFA in acting in college. Where'd you go? Texas State, which is... Um, now in the past few years has turned into like one of the like top rated places in the country for musical theater, which really? was not my major. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's right up there with your school now. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. That's great. Yeah. This woman, I can't remember her name came in in the last few years and like revamped it. Wow. Yeah. There's a, there's so much talent in Texas. Texas mm-hmm. is like a really, it's huge. It's huge. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, you can find people who can do anything in Texas. Mm-hmm. It's so big. But there is a there is actually a really good theater art scene in a lot of cities. That's true. In Texas, a lot of great theaters mm-hmm. in general. But totally, I think a lot of kids like you know like a forensic speech and debate. Like mm-hmm. Texas is such a big uh, city for that for high school students. Mm-hmm. So you graduate from college mm-hmm. with a BFA in theater. Did you come to LA immediately? No, I lived in Austin for a minute. Oh, you did. Yeah, and then um, That's not a really not super town. long. It's a great town. I've never been. Oh my god! I, I know everyone loves it, and I just want to go. Dude, visit. you gotta go. Yeah. It's great. That's a fun place to get your start after college, huh? Yeah, because that's where I started, like with my first official improv troupe that were really? like doing shows for paid audiences, and wow. Um, and that's where I met. So Dan, who's my husband. Um, he and a guy named Brian came to teach my group because the guy who ran our group was friends with them. Oh. And I already knew I was moving to L.A. And so uh, I became friends with those guys. And, uh, yeah, crazy. Then, like, wow. a year and a half later after being pals, Dan and I started hanging out. While you were in L.A. or when you were in... No, 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 in L.A. Oh, okay. When they came to teach, I I already was, like, in motion to move here. Wow. Yeah. So they came to teach from Los Angeles, or yeah, because the guy running—I um, see 
the group in Austin knew them from San Francisco. I see. So mm-hmm. when you got got to LA, did you immediately start with the Groundlings, or? Yeah, I, w- I went to a show, like probably, honestly, within the first week and a half of being here. Wow. And um, just <clears throat> had that feeling of like, oh my god, they like what I like. Yeah. Because they were doing characters and. That was so obviously the emphasis. Yeah. Was characters and specificity of character. And, right. Um, so, yeah, I immediately started. And you had your teacher and the, the women had your grandpa. You oh, had, like, yes. all, all the yes. stock characters. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you've been working on them since you were a kid. So yes. it makes sense. I don't think you're... I used any of them. But, sure. yeah, I knew that was my thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you um, so Groundlings. I don't know if people realize this. Obviously, a lot of uh, people have been had success from Groundlings, including yourself. But it's a very rigorous school. It's yeah. like you have to go through so much to get to the Sunday Company, which is the the which company, is the last level of the school, right? Yeah, which is is you know, I mean, so many amazing people have gone out have have great careers from the Groundlings. Um, but it's not easy getting there. Mm-mm. It's no, it's not at all. And I think I always feel bad for people when you know their agents or their whoever tell them like, um, "Hey, get groundlings on your resume, kid." Yeah. And I feel like so many of them go through like their whole basic class and maybe even their intermediate class and their next level and have never come to a main company show on a weekend. Right. And I just think like. There's so many places in town to do, to do improv or to do sketch, and it's all in different ways. Yeah. And I just think, like, oh, my God. If you didn't come there and have the feeling of, like, holy crap, my whole body is electrical current because yeah. this is so true to me. Like, this is where I need to be. Yeah, then don't bother. Like, if, if character yeah. and stuff is not what you love doing... Don't even worry about it. Just go somewhere else. <laughs> right, because it, it takes so much work. Totally. So much investment of your time yes. and effort. It's not like people think they're going to go there and they're just going to have a better career outside of the ground. Yeah, I, th- I think there's this um, thing that's sort of uh, sold to them by people not in the groundlings. You know, like I'm saying by their, like, you know, whatever agent or right. whatever acting teacher who says, like, Here's how you get on this TV show, kid. Yeah. And it's like, oh, man. Well, I mean, and, and, and it, that comes from the fact that being a groundling is a stamp of approval mm-hmm. of you are, you've got the comedic chops mm-hmm. to walk into any situation and create something fun. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, everyone I've the- met through there, including like you and so many other people, they're the funniest people I know, you know? And I mean, there are That's other awesome. groups, there are other groups, but I yeah. feel like... Especially because so much of uh, of the comedy that we grew up with came from Groundlings, yeah. and there's you know you can kind of see that that's mm-hmm. like an epicenter mm-hmm. of a generation of comedy. Sure. Well, I feel like too like I feel like that's definitely the way you lean. It's like character and specificity, and I think it's yeah, it's just a taste thing. It's like what do you like, right? You know, right. which. Which weirdos fit the type of weirdo you are? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. But what it talk about what it takes to be a part of that company and and it's people don't you do improv improv improvisation. I don't know why that's so hard for me to say. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but you also do these characters, and mm-hmm. so you have to do a lot of writing on top of that. So you mm-hmm. aren't just uh, you aren't just acting; you are a writer because of mm-hmm. ground links. So what what does that take um, as you're collaborating with your other groundlings, or is it a l- on your own? Yeah, <clears throat> so kind of both. The first the first few levels at groundlings are um, all improv, right? And then you get into the uh, writer's lab at some point which includes a show at the end and so for that one your teacher's walking you through like how do you write a monologue and taking you through um thinking about people in your life or flipping through a magazine or just different ways to get inspired to become someone else and make it super specific and then you do a show at the end of that one where you have written sketches with other people and some stuff yourself and then there's another level after that. Right. If you pass through that one where um, you do two shows and it's more uh, just more intense and more in, in line with what you would be doing in the Sunday company if you got in. Right. And that one you do two shows and it's just longer and more intense. And then uh, that one you're collaborating a ton with people and writing sketches. And then if you get in the Sunday company, you you're writing with people and on your own a different almost a whole different show every week wow yeah and if you um if you're lucky and you keep staying in you get voted on every six months but if you keep staying in you do that for a year and a half so you are just writing constantly for a year and a half Wow. (laughs) if it works out in the best way possible yeah 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 (laughs) so you're you're doing that for a year and a half Mm -hmm. um it's like it's a hu- grad school yeah. boot camp, all of them. Yeah, yeah. So, but it, I mean, it's a small theater. I can't imagine mm-hmm. that you know people are buying tickets, but you still have to support yourself and figure <clears throat> right. out how to live as a person in Los Angeles. Totally throughout that entire thing. Totally. I mean, it, calling it a grad school is probably right on mm-hmm. hitting the nail on the head. Yeah. So all all those people are doing whatever. Figuring yeah. it out. Some people um, are, you know, already may be in the in the world where they like have a commercial going, so right. they can live on that for a little bit. Or some people are attending bar at night, and right. some people are uh, doing whatever day job, so they have to meet people to write at night. Or right. I know a guy who was um, being a like a security guard somewhere at night. So he would go straight from shows to like his night job. Like, yeah, everyone's just doing what, whatever they need to do. Yeah. And I, when I was in the Sunday company, I had been before that I had been doing just all kinds of, all kinds of stuff, like Mm. including being a clown and princess at parties. Yeah. um, Temping, working at like, some boutique clothing store <laughs> yeah. where the the woman who ran it, my friend Kendra and I worked there, and the woman who ran it used to start sentences with, um, hey, I'm going to need you to, which is like, oh, dear God. I'm going to need you to. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. 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 Um, but I, so weirdly, right before I got in the Sunday Company, um, me, Dan, and some other people from Impro Theater, mm-hmm. which is the other group that I do improvised plays with. Right. Full-on full, full on plays. Full-on plays, full-length costumes, sets, everything, <sighs> but it's just made up. Unreal. So some of the people from that group had been 
asked to go do this um, this gig in Vegas, like an, a sketch and improv show in Vegas for, I think our initial ask was like four weeks or something. Wow. And so we were like, okay. And it was sort of that, um, in the vein of like a Broadway model, I think we had Mondays off. Right. Initially. And then there might have been a time when we had two days a week off. But so we went there and we did it for four weeks. And it was going well. It was um, Martin Bergman, who's a good friend of ours. His wife is Rita Rudner. Hmm. And someone someone in our group had worked with Rita them Rudner, on the, something. Rita Rudner, the stand-up comedian mm-hmm. who, has, who works a lot in Las Vegas. Yeah, and is there. just the coolest yeah. chick ever. Awesome. Honest to God. Uh, someone we know had worked, worked with her, was her friend, and then knew of this play that uh, Dan and our friend Brian had been doing off-Broadway. Anyway, he somehow knew of our group and was like, hey, come do this. We'll do it after Rita's show as an experiment. And we're like, okay. So we lived in New York, New York, and did this show for oh four God. weeks. And then it went well. And then they were like, let's extend this for eight more weeks or whatever they said. Anyway, it kept getting extended and we would have like little chunks of time off or like yeah. uh, Dan and I had some time off in it because we came back here and got married and like. Wow. But anyway, it went on and off for a year. Wow. In Vegas, living in New York, New York. Oh my God. And it's not like we were making um, gobs of money, but I'd managed to save enough to live for a little bit. Sure. In addition to like. You know, just weird, um, weird acting jobs, like maybe a commercial here or there, maybe right. a tiny thing on this TV show, yeah. or maybe a, um, uh, I'm going to go do this improv thing at this corporate gig. Or, yeah. But anyway, that Vegas job really helped me through Sunday Company. Right. And by then I kind of knew. Because that was all, that whole year was before you got into Sunday Company. Yes. Okay. Because right, all of, because, right before it. Okay. And all mm-hmm. the other times that you're doing classes and doing groundling stuff, that's more of like you're showing up for class and you have performance, but like Sunday company is like, you are the face of the groundlings. You're, well, you're, um, people, kn- a lot, not, not everyone knows this, but people know it's the last level of the school. Right. So they know it's not, you're not the groundlings. Right. They know you're still learning and you're, yeah. But yeah, you have a show in the main theater every week. Yeah. Yeah. So you're you're the show. You're and the groundlings. And it's a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, it, it's a huge commitment. Not only huge. is it, it, it's of course a dream come true, but it is like all mm-hmm. of you. So. But it's one of those things like you just, if you're, if you're going to make the most of it, like in every way, emotionally too, like you have got to realize when you're doing it how lucky you are to be in this right. place that people are just going to come to yeah and like it's going to be sold out you're not having to rent the theater right to do like to perform it's amazing you're the standing on the shoulders of like comedy giants totally and you have to live up to that totally it's a lot of pressure so, but my god so that's the thing to the the most healthy headspace when you're in the sunny company to keep reminding yourself like Oh my God, if nothing else, I've got this six months of a free theater mm-hmm. to do whatever I want and it's going to be sold out. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. But I think the the stress can like override that for people yeah. of like, I have to, I have to this and I have to yeah. this and yeah. A lot of times, like I say that with, with Hamilton, um, 
that when you have this an amazing opportunity and you're performing and you're living your dream, mm-hmm. as the podcast is, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> that you start to turn it into how can I make this into the next thing? Right. So I'm sure when you are in the Groundlings and Sunday Company and you want to get people in those seats to see you, to get you in that on that next TV show, Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. doing all of the things that it does. And it's hard because it taints the fun totally. and dream come true part of what totally. it is. Like I've, I'm so lucky with Hamilton that I had the Book of Mormon experience because that was very difficult through Book of Mormon because I didn't have the confidence to just be like, just enjoy it. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter what, what comes next. Mm-hmm. You'll just keep going along in life. But here in Hamilton, I'm like, oh, I'm going to enjoy every Great. single second of this. That's awesome. You know? But it's hard when you're, Yeah, I, sure. I don't know if I had my best headspace during it because all I could think about was make it so that you're undeniable enough to become a groundling. Yeah. But so I was constantly thinking next step. Yeah. Constant, constant, constantly. Yeah. Um, and I had a blast. I don't think I missed out on any enjoyment of it, but yeah, man, I think if anyone while they're, while they're in it can just be in it, it's ideal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It's really hard. It's hard. And you, you can't turn that into, being lazy and not rising to the occasion, mm-mm, mm-mm. but you will regret it if you don't enjoy that moment of actually crossing yes. that finish line or being in, in it. Yeah. Um, who were the people that you, who came before you in Groundlings that made you fall in love with that? Like, were there people specifically that you saw in that, that time when you first went to Groundlings? Or? Yeah. I mean, the... The thing that uh, pops in my head that I remember, I don't know why. I, like, I can't even tell you what happened in this sketch. But I, I just remember it was a sketch where uh, Mary Jo Smith and Roy Jenkins were in hmm. bed. And for some reason, when I think about going to that show, that's my visual. Yeah. Um, And they're both so awesome. But I got to also be in at the same time as some of the people that I super looked up to who are now friends of mine, which is still really cool. I hope I never lose that of thinking that they're so cool. Yeah. Um, but you know, Jim Rash and Mitch Silpa and, um, Melissa McCarthy and Mm -hmm. Rachel Ramress and Mitch and you have a really good working relationship. I yes. mean, you're good friends, <laughs> but you, you've done shows with just the two of you mm-hmm. and he's amazing. And he also has a very, very important role in Bridesmaids. Yes, he does. He's stove. He's stove. He's stove. The flight attendant, Steve. <laughs> yes, is he is. Stove. What are you in a Yes, he is. Um, which, you know, is it, so great. But you guys have, it, it's fun to see that you all do all this other work on TV and film commercials you see groundlings everywhere mm-hmm. but when you go to a groundling show and you see you guys on stage and the fact that you're all still showing up to mm-hmm. groundlings and performing there it is magic it is like this is where the comedy is created that's that, awesome you know like you, you love it you're doing it yeah. because you love it there totally and that's that is the thing like um you know to Everyone I just mentioned is an alum. And yeah, yeah, Mitch still does shows up there with me a ton. And um, Jim Rash still does shows up there with me a ton. Kevin Kirkpatrick still does shows 
um, a ton. And like, yeah, it's because everyone loves it still. Yeah. It's like a really fun place to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, I love going there. You had me do... Cooking um, with gas. Cooking with gas. And you were awesome. It was the scariest slash most exciting thing I've ever done. I've obviously done improv, but you had me come the week before, and the guest that week, I think, was Mo Collins. Mm-hmm. Mo Collins from mm-hmm. Mad TV. You're like, oh, you can come. You do it. We have people come all the time. I remember you kept saying, like, we had a professional wrestler come and do it. You can do this. I was yes. like, his whole thing is improv. You know, like, he's up there faking the, the fight. Um, but... It was such a blast, and you guys are so good at what you do that you carried me through every situation, every scene, and obviously I would, you know, throw one thing in there and be like, I did it, I said something. You were awesome, you, know? you were awesome, but that's that's the the fun of like, honestly, Rory, you were so good, um, <laughs> but that's hopefully... That's the thing is to like take care of that person who right. comes and like yeah. no, it's, make sure it's fun. You, you guys know? do it so well because it's not just like how well somebody is at improv. You guys work so well together that mm-hmm. you have your own language up on a stage and you know who to pass the ball to at every moment. And to get to like just be thrown into this all-star basketball team of improvisers, <laughs> you're just like, okay, can't throw me the ball. Okay, I have the ball. Here you go. You know, it was just like... You just felt completely taken care of. And I called so many people to come to that show because I was like, That's this is the awesome. only time I'm going to be on the Groundling stage. This It was it meant so much to me. That's awesome. Because, you know, there's so much history mm-hmm. on that stage. And yeah. to be asked to be a part of it when so many people work for so many years to be up on that mm-hmm. stage, I knew it was a real, real privilege. It's I mean, it's crazy. Like... To go into the attic to print something on the computer yeah. and, like, be looking at a poster that um, Phil Hartman drew yeah. that someone framed. And, like, to to think about the fact that um, Lynn Stewart, who played Missy Vaughn, is mm. my friend. Yeah. Like. Yeah. That, yeah, that I used to, like, panic run into the... TV on Saturday mornings to watch Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's just, it's incredible. And that was incredible. all developed at Growlings, Pee Wee or Missy Vaughn. Totally. Yeah. 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 It's insane. It's insane. There's so many different parts of Groundlings history that people don't even realize. Oh, yeah. It's like so storied and like yeah. complex and rich. And continues, yeah. and continues to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many mm-hmm. people doing so many different things you i'm we're sitting um in your house and there are just show posters of all the different shows that you've been a part of um that you and dan your mm-hmm. your husband who directs mm-hmm. uh and performs as well but this is just an assortment yeah. i um uh there's probably better ones i was thinking the other day those two up top i'm like oh, the graphics on those aren't great they're also just, <laughs> i love switching them out. room you know i want a room like this right now i have like one poster up in the bathroom mm-hmm. this is like this is so great because i can see that you have so much history of your own already that you've done so many different shows worked with so many different people i don't think there's anything that will bond you closer to another actor than improv because you Mm -hmm. need to be there for each other Mm -hmm. you need to take care of each other totally um and you can just like it's a weird it's a weird like animals um like dog sniffing butts thing like 
there's, it's such a bonding thing. And it's also such a immediate way to see if you've got like a strange, um, comedy chemistry with someone. Yeah. Um, that, uh, that's for sure what happened with Mitch. When I was still in the Sunday company, we just got paired by our friend, Jeremy Rowley, who's Mm. one of the best improvisers on the planet Mm. to, uh, be like a couple in this pilot presentation he was doing. Okay. And, um, yeah, we just out of the gate, like locked eyes and like happily improvised, I think for an hour and a half that day. Wow. And then something else later. And then we were like, we should do something. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's, it's a weird, it's strange. Like how quickly you can sort of like, not to be too cheesy, but sort of feel someone's soul a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're connecting with them uh-huh. on a very different level. Totally. And especially when you are standing up in front of strangers. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you have that that fear mm-hmm. and you really rely on the other person. I mean, it's, it's, it's spiritual. It is. It's spiritual. And then when you're operating on the level that you guys are, I mean, you, you have to be a believer. You really mm-hmm. do. I think it's, I think it's so impressive. You have been able to take these comedic skills that you've taken to the Groundlings and go to TV. Not only were you in Partners, that's right, the hit TV show that we were both <laughs> in, but you also right now are on HBO's Vice Principals, mm-hmm. and you are so fucking funny on it. Rory, there's thank no you. other way to put it. Oh my You're god, you're so funny on it, and I love the story of this because you came in and and they just started writing more and more and more for you. It's well, the second I, season out there right now. It's but the tell second me season. How this came about? Um, you're so funny on it. Well, yeah. So it was a regular audition. Yeah. Um, with uh, Sherry Thomas. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my girl. Thanks, Sherry. Thanks, Sherry. Um. And I, yeah, I just went in and I had like some sides from like, I think the third and fourth episode. And I didn't know that uh, Danny and Jody were going to be at the audition. Right. Danny McBride, who. mm -hmm. Danny McBride and and Jody Hill. Jody Hill. And Jody directed the first season of Vice Principals. Um, And I walked into this tiny room and they were sitting on the couch. And I was like, oh, okay, great. (laughs) And so then I just figured. I would read with Danny because the char- the the sides were with his character, right? And um, Sherry was like, "No, no, no, I'm going to read with you," <laughs> which which made me laugh and like probably in a good way, kind of like took took me off my footing a little right. bit and like confused me in probably a fun way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was really fun. I improvised a little bit and um. A little bit, isn't that? I feel like that's what got you the part because there. I told you there was a promo, probably, uh, and he like said something about you improvising um, after a sexual act you're performing on him, <laughs> and you said oh, yeah. something like, mm, "Have you been eating strawberries?" Yes, <laughs> he like yeah. he said that's why you got the job. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, then I guess that's why I did because <laughs> you're a sick puppy. Because I'm a sick. Son of a bitch. <laughs> but, but like for a uh, for a a writer mm-hmm. to have somebody with your improvisational background come in and know that you're going to be able to take this already good material, this already funny material, and elevate it any chance that you get to be able to take tons of takes. Like you're. Oh, I mean, I'm just so them. glad they saw it that way. Yeah. I don't know. I just felt like it was such a all around such a lucky thing because it's not like every job you go do you feel like 
oh my god, they really see me. They yeah. see the essence of me and what I can do. And, right. Um, and this, I super felt that with these guys. Right. Um, and pr- like pretty early, pretty soon on, like maybe even the first day I shot, we were doing a scene and we had done it a couple of times. And I just asked him, like, I had literally just met him. And I was like, do you ever want us to say something different to you? Because I, I could tell just from being a fan of him that he's a, he's a very funny improviser. You right. can just tell. Right. And um, I think he said something like, um, yeah, we'll get a few out and then say whatever you want. And I was like, okay. Uh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that was all you needed. Yeah, and then I was so happy. And then I knew I trusted them so much that I knew, like, if it was ever too much or... They would they would they just you tell in. me, but yeah. But see, that's, that is... It's got to be so hard for you anytime you're on a set or, or working on something because you're, like, waiting to be told that because it's where your mind works. You're like, mm-hmm. I have so many different options of this moment. Let or me let's just it. see... Or not even... I have options yet, but, like, um, let's open it up and see what happens if yeah. we do. And play with Let's each other. Let's see what's in that moment. Yeah, yeah. It's not like you have something planned. It's yeah. It's just like you're like, uh, you work best in comedy when it's alive and when it anything mm-hmm. can happen. Mm-hmm. So you're like, let's play for a couple. Totally. Especially when it's like that, when they gave such a good basis right. for the character. And right. I just really felt like, oh, I'm her now and I, we could go as long as you want. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so then it's just, so fun. We're like, oh, keep the camera going and let's see what Edie comes up with I mean, next. And then, I don't know if it was that, but we sure did have fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and it's it's funny because that was something that when we were working together with partners where they have six weeks to do ten episodes, there's just no way they could do it. Not an option. Not an option. No. And I know for a fact that like those writers, those producers like think you are total genius i know that and 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 just if a different they could, thing it's a different it's mm-hmm. a different medium mm-hmm. and if they could have just pointed a camera at you and just let you loose oh same they you dude they would have done it there would have been a lot more um scenes between uh veronica and the guy answering phones <laughs> yes michael the, michael okay wait i have to tell you this so i had to, <laughs> I had to do this michael everyone remembers michael he but there was you barely remembered your character. So, I know, I know. Yeah. So please don't take offense that no, I just no, called I Michael the guy the answering guy the, the phones. phones. I was in charge of the schedule as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but they, I did this like survey, or somebody asked me to like make my pick for the top twenty-five gay characters on TV, uh-huh. and I was like. I was given a list of all of the gay characters on TV, which is, I was sad that there was a list that was compiled and I could like pick my favorite 25 because it's like... Was it accurate? It was. They were like, you know, if you have ones that you think we forgot, please put them out there. And they're what, like Gerald, my husband and I were like, oh, you forgot this person or this person. And I was like, well, they forgot Michael from Partners. They sure did. (laughs) They forgot about Dre. He wouldn't make the list. I don't think they ever got that far. There was sexuality. I was like, please. Gerald! <laughs> please. We, they, they didn't you see episode number four where Kelsey and Martin had to pretend that they were gay lovers getting married? Uh, <laughs> yes. That was like cutting edge comedy. Yep. Come on. The gays were all over that show. Did you do Michael from Partners as a write-in? I, 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 tr- I made, a, uh, made a push for it. it didn't, unfortunately, it didn't make the list i really did write it on the email awesome. as a joke and also probably for my own ego right. 
Who did you end up picking for the top? That's tough. Um, I picked Ellen. I did you know oh, that's great. Because I, I, I had a, I had a bunch. It was actually one of the most interesting things because my husband and I did it together, mm-hmm. and we both grew up as gay kids in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. And I realized how important those characters on TV were to me. Yeah. And I think that forever Ellen coming out Mm -hmm. on a TV show in the way that she did and what that was, not just in the show, but culturally, will always be the most important Mm -hmm. coming out. But, like, how awesome that it was a comedian who was able to kind of break down that wall. And she sacrificed her show in a lot of ways. And um, I can't... Now knowing how hard it is to be in this business, mm-hmm. when you look back at something like that and you think, I mean, wow. The, the bravery in that yeah. is like, woo. Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, it happens, it happens like as you're a kid and you look at it and you know it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, when you realize how hard it can be mm-hmm. to get there, keep it going and mm-hmm. get there. And I mean, it must, she must have just felt like, she was about to walk through fire. Yeah. And she did it. Yeah. And she did it. And, and you know, it cost her a lot and obviously made her stronger. And, like, she is who she is now. And she's doing exactly the right thing. And is, you know, um, she's amazing. Mm-hmm. But it, it was, it, you know, it's a lot of other actors, too, on that list where I was just like, like Wilson Cruz from My So-Called Life. Mm-hmm. I was like, that is, he was a kid playing a gay mm-hmm. person, you know, and that really kind of defined his career from the get-go and he did it so well mm-hmm. and um you know and then uh, the obvious ones of of uh will and jack on right. will and grace and and you know so many other just amazing uh performances of gay characters but where did for your personal list where did omar come in oh um i think in the top 10 yeah i put a lot of like of of the wire um, and then it's funny because at first I didn't have transparent in because I didn't see it, but mm-hmm. I knew. And then I watched, um, a season and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, there's like everyone in this is it's yeah. really, it's, it's such a, um, it's an amazing character study of people of all different kinds of sexual orientation mm-hmm. and, and transgender, like so many people discovering themselves Mm-hmm. A different, you know, I mean, Judith Light, she's not, she's not gay, but she's having a sexual, you know, discovery totally. or like discovering herself. And mm-hmm. like, anyway, um, it's, it's interesting because when you find, uh, really good characters, comedic characters mm-hmm. who can tell a story and can kind of like bring something to life, which is what you've done so well with Groundlings and what you're doing in Vice Principles, which is just like insane God, craziness, thanks. you know, but I I know that this is um, just the beginning of a lot of really cool things for you. Thanks, and I'm Marie. so, so excited that you get to be, you know, there's something to say about being on an HBO show that yeah. has that kind of clout and that, like, it's so good. You're so funny. And Thanks, I'm so proud of you in this moment. And I know that a lot of great things are on the horizon um, Thanks, bud. And you're the kind of person that will still just be going back to Groundlings and performing there mm-hmm. because you love it. I love it. You love it. Yeah, the Thursday nights are 
seriously, it's one of my favorite things in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. even if the day has felt shitty or even if the week has felt shitty, there are times when it'll go through my head and I'll go, oh, you know what, but Thursday's coming. Yeah. Because then I feel like, oh, okay, everything can just be different for a yeah. second. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I really recommend to anyone listening, if you are in Los Angeles, to go to the Groundlings and see shows there, especially on Thursday nights. Uh, cooking with gas, sure. uh, and to watch <laughs> Vice Principals and watch everything that Edie Patterson is in because you are so fucking funny, as I have said. It's appropriate for Vice Principals. <laughs> yeah, say whatever you want but, for Vice Principals. But, um, but also, you're just the best, Edie. And I'm so, Thanks, as Robert Roy. Horn said, I'm so grateful that I got to be a part of that show because I have you as a friend forever. And I'm, I'm so grateful too, man. Honestly, it's... Yeah, the, I feel like that's a huge part of why that job happened for yeah. me, was yeah. to get to meet you. Yeah, it's yeah. funny. Like, so, like, as you get older, you start to realize that the value of just making connections with people in this business is one of the reasons why I'm doing this, because mm-hmm. connecting with people, I'm talking to my friends, this is a good excuse to like spend hours with you mm-hmm. like I have this afternoon, and... Um, I'm really grateful for you. We needed to take care of each other in this crazy, crazy yes. business. Yes. And we will. Yes. And uh, just just a side note on that. I think that that's, it's just a testament to the fact that I got you as a friend out of that is a testament to a thing that I just, I just believe more and more and more that things shake down exactly the way they're supposed to. Yeah. And even when they feel terrible, like... Yeah, we were so bummed when that didn't happen. Yeah. I felt bummed when other jobs don't work out because right. there have been plenty. Sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, and sometimes in the moment you can't feel it and you can't... It's it's dark and you don't know, yeah. like, why did that happen? That sucks. Yeah. And then later you go, oh, right. So right. that could happen. Yeah. Yeah. As I've said on this before, you can't connect the dots forward. You can only connect them back. Mm-hmm. And that is so oh, that's important great. to remember in what we do. Mm-hmm. That just keep going forward, and you know, we didn't get to do our ninety more episodes <laughs> of that show, but we so we got so much out of that experience, mm-hmm. learned so much, and we got each other totally. And could you like could you have ever done Hamilton? No, no, no. That's crazy. I know. I, I couldn't. Know. I couldn't have been on vice principles no. like no. yeah it's just crazy if, yeah. when you think about all the all the ripple effects of like yes yeah it just happened exactly the way it was supposed to we got yeah. to have that awesome fun experience yeah yeah you you kind of always want things to just be positive you don't want any of the negative side of things mm-hmm. but truly at the end of the day you need the negative things to really enjoy the good stuff mm-hmm. and also to just make room mm-hmm. make room for things that are going to be really awesome would you call it a yin and yang i guess i would mm, great i guess i would thank you so much for joining us on yin and yang <laughs> hi the podcast i'm yin i'm yang <laughs> i adore you thank you for, so much for doing this i adore you back thanks for having me Audition side job, swimming upstream. Believe it or not, you're living the dream.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.